Hallelujah. Good morning, Impact City. Isn't it awesome to be able to praise God? Isn't it awesome to be able to praise Him and glorify Him and to be in His house? We welcome you. We're so excited that you have made time to join us this morning to worship and just spend a little bit of your Sunday with us. I'm going to invite you as you're standing. Let's go to Numbers chapter 13. Everything is in the YouVersion app. You can tap or turn. Thank you, worship team. Numbers 13, verse 30. We're going to go all the way back to Exodus, but this is the key verse that I want to focus on this morning. Numbers 13, verse 30. It says, Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. I'm going to believe it's possible. Take your seat for a few moments. The Israelites were held in bondage in Egypt for approximately 400 years. And God loves his people so much that he starts beginning to prepare Moses. It's a story that if you've been in church for some time, you've, you're acquainted. God prepares Moses to go to Pharaoh, speaks to him through the burning bush. Moses tries to convince God that he is in capable of doing it. He's inadequate. Moses tries and tries, but God wins. He always does. Moses goes, and the Bible tells us that as he is arriving, God hardened Pharaoh's heart to the word that was going to be spoken by Moses. Some time goes by, and a plague comes around, a second plague, a third, and it takes 10 plagues for Pharaoh to finally let the Israelites leave. They make it out, and the celebration begins, and Pharaoh changes his mind and begins to chase after them. They find themselves in front of the Red Sea. They cannot understand why they are facing this at this particular moment if God called them out and God made a way for them to get out of slavery and bondage. They don't understand it, but God said, I didn't bring you out. I believe God did not bring them out to drown but I believe he brought them out because their enemies could not swim. Fear cannot, dr- fear cannot drown on dry land. And God did not bring them to this point to let them die, but rather it was an opportunity for him to show his power in an incredible way in this particular instance. And it did cause some discomfort. It caused some inconvenience. It was not ideal. It was not the situation that they had envisioned as God had made a way for them to come out. And all of a sudden, in Exodus 14, verse 26, the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians on the chariots and on their horsemen. So he opens the waters and then God drowns the Egyptians. It wasn't enough to bring them out of Egypt, but he had to drown Egypt out of them. He had to let them know. He had to bring them to this point, and he had to line everything up in this situation so he could eliminate their enemy, and he could eliminate everything that was holding them back so he could eliminate our plan B. God sometimes brings us to difficult moments, but it's because he's trying to eliminate what is holding us back, that which is drawing us, that which is holding us 
They had been captive for 400 years, so they knew nothing different. But God said, I'm going to eliminate all, of the, all other options so that you can know that I am God. And when they crossed over to the other side, that is when the Bible says that Miriam began to praise him because they hadn't praised him in 400 years. They hadn't known his power, but they saw him. There was not anybody there to, to encourage them to worship. There was not anybody there to encourage them to praise him. But because they saw God's power in their problem, because they saw his power in their problem, they themselves began to say, you know what? If nobody encourages me to do so, I am going to praise him. That's why some of us will praise God while we're washing our dishes and while we're driving down the road. Because you don't know like I know what he has done for me. And no one knows like you know what he saved you from. When everything seemed to be going down, God brought us to a pivotal moment to be able to eliminate that which was going to hold us back. And that's what he did. So he needed to, to let the Israelites know that you don't need to go back. I am all that you need. So let me go back to Exodus chapter 3 just to, to emphasize this key point. When Moses asked the Lord, who do I tell them sent me? The Lord replied to him and said, tell them I am that I am. Prior to this moment, Moses, the Israelites, they called God Elohim. They called him El Shaddai. El is translated, translated to the. It was a title. It was not a name. It's often translated into God Almighty. But when God gives his name to his people and when he tells Moses, you tell them that I am that I am, it communicates and it lets everybody know his power over all things. Not just some things, over all things. The source of his power and the eternal nature of I am, that he is the self-sufficient, he is the self-sustaining God who was, who is, and who will be. He is all-encompassing, he is infinite, and he is sovereign. He wanted Moses to know, Moses, whatever you need me to be, I will be. I can be your refuge. I can be your strong tower. I can be your protector. I can be anything that you need me to be. Moses, he wants to remind some of us today that he is all that we need. So he brings them out, he prepares them, and he has a land that flows of milk and honey, known as the promised land. And in Numbers 13, we find the events of everything that has taken place thereafter. In verse 1 and 2, the Bible says, The Lord said to Moses, Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. Notice what is taking place. I am giving to the Israelites. For, from each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. God said, go and see the land. That's all your task is. That's all your job is. Go and see the land. Go evaluate it. Go check it out. He said, I am giving it to the Israelites. It belongs to you. All you have to do is explore it. It didn't matter what they found in their exploration. It didn't matter what the report was going to be. God had already declared, I am giving this to you. Send 12 men, one from each tribe. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter if it's too difficult. It doesn't matter if it's impossible. It doesn't matter if you leave that place saying it won't ever happen. God 
already declared the word. I am giving it to you. No debate, no question. It's yours. It wasn't a promise that perhaps could happen. It was a promise that was going to happen because God said it. Just go and explore it. See what it looks like. So these men, they take off on this journey and they begin to go into this land and, and here is where the story takes a twist in verse 27 and 28. It's important to note that 12 men were sent out. Ten come back saying it's too difficult. Ten come back saying it's impossible. The Bible says they gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us. And it does flow with milk and honey. Didn't God say that was going to take place? Here is its fruit. But... The people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified, and they're very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak there. Isn't it incredible when God says something, but all of a sudden we insert our own but? Yes, God, you said it, but it seems like it couldn't happen. Yes, God, you, you told me that this was going to take place, but... And we always put limitations, and we can put limitations, should I say, on God, when in reality, it was never intended to be that way. God had said it. The reasons they stated are found in verse 28 and verse 32. The people of the land are too strong. Cities are fortified. They're protected. They're well protected. The land devours its inhabitants. There's large men present. The, the descendants of Anak were giants. The problem with the ten spies here that we see is a problem that, still re, that is still present in our world today as Christians. They focused on themselves and their resources and their abilities, and they didn't focus on what God could do and what God had said. They judged based on their abilities and their own power to possess the land instead of saying, God, I don't know how, but I'm going to believe you. I don't know how, but I'm going to believe you. If only they would have continued saying, instead of saying, but they're too big. If they would have said, yes, but God has promised to give us a land. Can you imagine the story, how it would have unfolded at that particular point had they said, yes, the city is large. Yes, there are giants there, but God has promised us the land. They would have conquered it because they were acting not on their ability, not on a, on a, a feeling or an emotion. They were acting upon the word of God, but instead it was, they're too big. Instead it was, they're, they're too difficult to be able to overthrow them. God had promised them the land. Remember, they could have said, remember how we were in Egypt and all of a sudden the Lord redeemed us. He took us out. He led us to the Red Sea. He opened it up. Do you remember what happened? They didn't remember what God had done in their life. When they saw what they saw with their eyes, overpowered what they heard, with their ears. How many times have we let what we are looking at, what we are seeing, dictate what, and have, have overbear what God has already spoken over our lives? How many times are we letting the trouble that surrounds us and the, the, what is taking place in society discourage us and we lose sight and we lose focus of what God has already declared in his word? How many times have we just looked at, at the circumstance and looked at the, the symptoms present in our body? Let's use that for example. And we, and we uh, forget the fact that God said that by his stripes we are healed. And we forget what God has said. They let what they saw overpower what they heard. 
they saw the giants and they completely forgot what God had said. How many times, I'll ask again, have we let what we see overpower what God has said? How many times have we let what we are looking at overpower the one who says, I am that I am in our lives? And this is where we see the power of perspective. In verse 30, the Bible says, then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. We have to be careful who we surround ourselves with. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. We need to trust God based on his promises and not based on our resources, and not on our capabilities, and not on our circumstances. Matthew 19, 26 says, Jesus looked at them and replied, This is impossible for you, but for God, all things are possible. When, when the angel Gabriel visited Mary, and Mary is asking, How am I going to conceive this child? And the, the angel says, The Holy Ghost. The Bible says, For nothing will be impossible with God. Hebrews 10:23 says, "And let us hold unwaveringly to the hope that we confess for the one who made the promise. Who's the one that spoke it? He is trustworthy. He is trustworthy. He cannot fail." To, to think that it could not be done means that we are limiting God's power, that we are doubting his faithfulness, that it's, and it is always easier to be negative when facing difficult circumstances. And there are areas in our lives today where we have not taken a step of faith, although you have the promises of God, although there's a word spoken over your life, because you fear the impossibilities based on what you have seen on your own abilities and on your own resources. Mark Mark 9:23 let me remind you then Jesus said if you are able all things are possible for the one who believes Paul reminds us that if God be for us Yes, if God be for us, who can be against us? He didn't say if God be with us. He, he is with us, but he emphasizes the for because the truth is you can be with someone and not be for them. You can be with someone and want them to fail. You can be with someone and want to see them stumble. But God, but Paul reminds us and he says if God be for us, who can be against us? Who can be our past, our shame, our guilt? To our uh, inability to, uh, to forgive at this point in time. If God be for us, there is no sickness, there is no, nothing that could come my way. If God be for us, having faith is more than just a feeling. We, we don't just 
we don't have to feel faith to know that it is present. Having faith is a choice. Just like when we come into this place, it is important that we make a choice to actively pursue God. It is a choice. And that's the power of perspective, that we can come into this place and say, God, I'm, I'm anxious for what you're going to do today. I know that you're a good God, and I know that you, you can do anything. And, or we can just come into this place and have the perspective of let's just see what's going to take place. Our perspective can determine the outcome. What is your perspective today? What are you looking at today? If God be for us, it doesn't matter what they said. It doesn't matter who talked about me. It doesn't matter who lied on me. It doesn't matter what they said. If God be for us, who can be against us? I have to have faith regardless of what I feel. Because sometimes we don't feel our best. Let's just be honest. Sometimes we feel tired. Sometimes we feel fatigued in our, in our bodies and in our spirits. But it takes faith to lie in a hospital bed with pain and in hurt and say, God, you are a healer. I, I, don't feel, I don't feel my best right now, but I am trusting and believing regardless of my circumstances because I'm choosing to believe what your word has said. You have to choose. You have to remind yourself of the blessing of God that is over your life. The blessing of God that is over your life. Let me define blessed for you. The, it is the favor of God that is over your life. It is the, regardless of the circumstance. It is regardless of the situation, I'm blessed. I'm blessed not because of who I am. I'm blessed because of what his word has said about me. There is power in being blessed. I'm not referring to what our possessions. I'm not referring to what we have or what we don't have. Being blessed surpasses all of that. I'm referring to the invisible intangible favor of God over our lives to know that weeping may endure for a night, but just wait a little while because joy comes in the morning. I may be going through something right now, but I will be blessed when all is said and done, when I can overcome adversity because it is the adversity in our lives that, res that causes resistance and that causes pressure. That lets us know when we are able to overcome, we are, we are reminded of God's favor in our life. We are reminded that there is no weapon formed against me that shall prosper. We are reminded that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It's all about perspective. When David faced Goliath and Goliath is roaring and raging, everybody said he's too big to kill, but David said he's too big to miss. How are you looking at things today? How are you looking at things today? Am I looking at the problem but, but I, or, or am I looking at God? How are you looking at things today? It's perspective. The other two spies, Tim came back and said it's impossible. They're looking at the same thing. They're in the same scenario. Tim came back and said it's impossible. Two came back. Joshua and Caleb, who also witnessed the exact same thing. But let's look at their report. Whose report will you believe? They chose to believe God. In Numbers 13.30, the Bible says, our key verse, Caleb quieted the people. He silenced them before Moses, and he said, let us go up at once. No hesitation. And take possession 
for we will be able to overtake it. Caleb wanted to take possession of the land that same moment. That it, because that's what the Lord had asked them to do. Just go up. I'm giving you this city. Caleb didn't hesitate. Joshua and Caleb, these two incredible men, focused on God's power. And they focused on God's ability. You fast forward to Numbers 14, 8. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into the land and give it to us, a land which flows of milk and honey. They were confident, they had faith, and they trusted God at his word. Regardless of what it looked like, they knew that God was faithful. The ten measured the success of the mission against their own abilities, while two measured the success of the mission on the abilities of God. And he can do anything. We need to speak faith against all odds. Can I challenge you this morning to speak faith against all odds? These ten came back saying the land is good, but... It flows, it does flow with milk and honey. And we know that God said that, but sure it would be a great place to live and sure it would be a great place to raise a family, but it seems impossible. They're too strong for us. We could never win. We just can't do it. Look at the words that they just begin to declare and the words that they begin to confess. In Numbers 13, they say we can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. This caught my attention because they never had a conversation with the people of Canaan. They never had a conversation. They never told them, you guys look like grasshoppers. They made that conclusion on their own. They made that determination on their own. They said, we look like grasshoppers. They disqualified themselves before they even went in there because of perspective. They declared that over their life. And what have you declared over your life today. It's impossible for me to come out of this. It's impossible for me to overcome this sin. It's impossible for me to rid myself of this bad habit. It's impossible for me to change my mentality. It's impossible for me to change my way of thinking. Is that what you have declared over your life? But the Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong, and let the poor say, I am rich. What are you speaking? What are you speaking? Are you looking at your circumstance this morning saying it's way too much? Or are you saying God said, God said, I'm the head and not the tail? Are you looking at what God is saying, I'm, I'm above and I'm not beneath? Are you looking at what God is saying, that I am blessed in my going in and I'm blessed in my going out, that I'm blessed in the city, that I'm blessed in the field? That's what God has said. That is what God is saying, I am blessed. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's what God has said. Are you looking at that perspective, or are you saying it's too much for what I am facing? The ten looked at it. It was too difficult. And then they looked at themselves and said, I can't do it. And you're right. I can't do it on my own. We rely on God. And Joshua and Caleb said, God will fight for us. God will fight for us. Worship team, will you come? I'm sad to tell you that the story, this story in, in this particular situation didn't have a good ending. They did not possess the land on this occasion. They 
wasted 40 years wandering because they listened to the tin that did not trust and believe God. I want to challenge you, Impact City, that we trust and believe God in every moment, in every circumstance, in every situation, in whatever it is that has come, that will come, that God is faithful and that he is sovereign at all times. The story didn't end there. So you're wondering, so what happened to this land? Let's go to Joshua 14. The Bible says that Caleb, who is now 85 years old, he was 40 years old when this first took place in Numbers 13. 45 years have come by and he's 85 now. He makes this bold claim in Joshua 14.10. He says, just as the Lord promised. He has kept me alive for 45 years. So here am I today, 85 years old. I am still, verse 11, as strong today as the day that Moses sent me out. It's perspective. I'm just as vigorous to go out to the battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. Give me this mountain. Some scholars believe that he pursued the most difficult mountain to conquer, but that's how much he trusted God. And here's the question that looms over us today is can we trust God when it doesn't happen on our timetable? Can we trust God when it doesn't happen when we want it to happen? 45 years go by. And here you have this man saying, I still believe. It didn't happen when I wanted it to happen, but I still believe that God is faithful and that he is true to his word and that he is true to his promises. Can I trust God when it doesn't happen when I want it to happen and how I want it to happen? Can I trust him and say, you know what, God? It, it didn't work out, but you know what? You're still God. <laughs> Hey, God, it, it, it didn't happen the way I, it, I wanted it to happen, but you're still God. Just like when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they confronted the king, and they said, we want you to know, O king, that we will not worship the idol that you have put before us. The God that we serve, he is able to deliver us from this fiery furnace. But I love that it didn't stop there. He said, but even if he doesn't deliver us, we will still not bow down. Even if he doesn't heal me. Even if he doesn't do it how I want, he's still God. Even if I, even if it doesn't, is there somebody here today that believes his faithfulness? That though time has gone by through a promise, but you say, God, I still believe. I still believe you can do it. I still believe that you're faithful. I still believe. 45 years go by. And then on that instance, Joshua goes and they conquer the land. It was there all the time. It was there all the time because God had said it. Their doubt and their unbelief was the disconnect from letting them take advantage at that particular moment. What doubt, what unbelief is holding us back this morning? What have you been praying about and maybe you've given up on? Years have gone by. Caleb knows how that feels but he still believed. 
said, give me this mountain that the Lord had promised me. That day. Verse 12, he says, you yourself heard that, that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But look what he says, but the Lord helping me. I will drive them out just as he said. Just as he said. Three out of those four statements, he references the Lord. It wasn't him, it was God. It wasn't his ability, it was God. And what God said in Numbers was true. But doubt held them up. What doubt is holding you? What fear? What perspective, what mindset is not letting you embrace his promises this morning and to step into what God has for you? And maybe you're here today and you'd like to make a first-time decision to make Jesus your Lord and your Savior. You can raise. I want to invite everybody to close your eyes right where you're at. And if you'd like to make this first-time decision, I'll just invite you to raise your hand right where you're at. You can let us know in the chat. Amen. Amen. God is working. God is working. Here at Impact City, we believe in community and that no one should do life alone. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'd like to pray with you. And we would like to pray with you. Please repeat after me, Lord, I admit I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe you are Jesus, the Son of God, who died for the sins of the world. And I confess you as Lord, Savior, and King of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Could we give God some praise for everybody that received him this morning? I'm going to invite you to stand. Before we leave this morning, I want to pray for you. I want to pray with you. There is nothing that our God cannot do. But more importantly, in every moment, he is God. And he is in control and he is sovereign. He reigns. Regardless of the outcome, he is God. But in this, in this moment and in this time, there is some, if there is doubt, if there is some hesitation, if there is some unbelief, if there is something that has come against you and has stood in the way of you obtaining and moving forward and progressing in God, Today he wants to remind you. Today he wants to remind you that we can put our faith in action. And as we look into this new season that we believe God, that we believe the craziest and wildest promises of God for our lives. So with every eye closed, right where you're at, if you want to come to this altar, this altar is open. There are people that will pray with you. And if not, you can convert your seat right now into an altar and we can touch the throne of God.
right now, Spirit of the living God, right now, Father, we thank you because your word has great and precious promises. And in every moment and in every circumstance and every season, you're God. God, but I ask that you work in the areas of my life and the areas of our life where we have let past experiences taint us. Past moments hinder us from moving forward in you. For everyone that has been scarred right now, God, that you right now would begin to work in their lives. God, right now we ask that, that you would remove every doubt, every fear, that you would remove insecurity, that you would remove the, the mindset that it, that it is based upon our skills and our abilities and our talents and our resources. Let us direct our focus to you. Let us know that you are the one. You are our source and you're the God that can make all things new. Right now, in Jesus' name, God, I pray for every, every believer in this place. Right now, God, I declare your goodness. I declare your power. I declare your mercy. Right now, in Jesus' name, I declare it. I declare that no weapon that is formed against us shall prosper. I declare, God, that you are with us and that you will see us through right now. Right where you're at, I just invite you to worship him for just a moment. Right where you're at, I just invite you to lift him up. I invite you right now just to say, God, and just let's thank him in advance for what he can do, for what he is going to do, for what you're believing today and saying, God, I praise you because you're faithful. I praise you because you are faithful. I praise you because you are true. Right now in Jesus.